time and looking for career win number three it's going to come at texas tyler reddick wins in the lone star state let's go great job guys awesome man really proud of you little buddy Hello and welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we are changing things up. We've got a different style for this week's episode, and we're going to start with a more in-depth recap, a little bit of a Phil's fired up, I guess you could say, with the recap of the Texas race. I'm going to get a little bit more into what we just saw last Sunday at Texas because it's worth it. And, you know, I know that everyone's talked about it till they're blue in the face, but I need a, a chance to kind of get my thoughts out there. So we're going to do that here in the Texas recap. And then we'll start getting into the big one coming up this weekend. Talladega is on the docket. It's looming over the playoff drivers. And we'll break down some of the track stats and the thoughts around it. But this week's episode is different because of the way that I'm going to approach it. I'm not going to give three winners like I usually do. I'm going shotgun approach. We are spraying huge value all over the place. And uh, that's what we're going to get into. So I'll, I'll explain my thought process there when we get to it. But I'm going to be talking about a lot of different drivers very quickly. So um, stay tuned for that. And I will have some finishing position conversations for bets to be precise, including two head-to-head matchups that I like above all else. But uh, for the most part, it's really about that finding value in the outrights this week. So we'll get fully into that conversation in just a bit. And then speaking of conversations, we've got a former fan favorite. I don't know if he's really uh, in that regard anymore, but he used to come on quite a bit in years past and he's back. I, I finally snagged him for one episode this season. It's cousin Greg. If you're a listener of the podcast, uh, from a while back, you will recognize that name, that voice. Uh, but Cousin Greg, he's no NASCAR expert by any means, but he's always down for a good, you know, interesting fantasy NASCAR game type of thing. And that's what we're going to be doing this week. We're going to be doing a draft, and Greg is always my guy for that sort of thing, as we'll explain why. We've had a, a history of fantasy NASCAR over the years, and he's always been a, a great person to kind of test things out with in that regard, and he's usually pretty good at it as well as we talk about. So uh, we've got a draft upcoming in our conversation with Cousin Greg, where we're just trying to draft a set of guys to try to find the winner of the race. And you, as the listener, are going to be involved in that as well as you will find out. So a chance to potentially win some money, actually, as the listener. So stay tuned for that conversation with Cousin Greg towards the second part of this episode. So let's go back 
and talk about Texas before we get any further with this episode. The Texas Tire Fire is how I'm calling it. Um, you know, whatever adjective you want to use in a negative fashion to describe what we saw last weekend, I'm for it. You know what I mean? Throw it out there. It sticks. It really does. Truly unbelievable what we saw. Now, I spent a lot of time last week kind of ripping on Texas because of how boring the racing has been at Texas. And I would have taken boring a million times over what we just saw with the disaster last week at Texas. Just embarrassing. There are so many different things to go down. And like I said, I mean, people have been talking about it on NASCAR radio, on all the breakdowns of the podcast and every show. But, you know, I want to get my two cents out there because, you know, it just makes me, it's therapeutic. It really is just to discuss it here because we cannot be having playoff races where leaders of the race are blowing tires multiple times. Three times the leader of the race blows a tire from the lead and their race was either over or, you know, basically ruined. Um, Just absolutely insane, embarrassing, whatever the hell you want to call it. It cannot be something that the sport puts out there as a product to say like, hey, look at us, you know, look at this legitimate racing product out here. You know, and it's part of the path to the championship that these playoff drivers have worked so hard all season to deal with this craziness, this basically unprepared situation here. It's just embarrassing. The fact that this is the playoffs, I do not understand how this could be acceptable. So really what it came down to was, you know, if you wanted to get some speed, you would manipulate the tire pressure to a point where Goodyear, you know, didn't recommend that. And then when you had speed, you would blow tires. So it was like a vicious circle, a catch-22. And and I don't understand how that can be acceptable, right? I understand pushing the limits, but I don't understand how what we saw is acceptable, especially for the playoffs. It's an absolute joke. Here's just a list of some of the names of the bigger name drivers who ran into those types of trouble. Uh, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex twice, Cole Custer, Chris Buescher, Ricky Stenhouse, Alex Bowman. A lot of those guys, playoff drivers, playoff implications, as Rick Allen likes to say it. It was all over the place at Texas. And so what you're running into here, and the reason why I'm ranting like this is because you've got drivers who have good race cars. We're putting good races together, like Chase Elliott. And they run into something that is really not, I would say, not really within their control. Uh, but we're going to get into the the parties here that are, in my opinion, needing to step up. But, you know, a, a tire blowing is not something, you know, to that extent, something that has been really in the, the driver's control or the team's control. So you've got these guys working their asses off all year to get these playoffs, and this is how they are repaid. And this is how the fans are repaid. It's just horrible that we're in this situation. So then you look at who's to blame, right? Because that's exactly what we need to do is point fingers. As the fans, we need we need a throat to choke. And the three parties that you could find would be NASCAR and you kind of throw in Texas Motor Speedway in that as well. So NASCAR and the racetrack, Goodyear, and then the teams. And Goodyear 
is pretty quick to blame the teams. They are saying, well, they're not running the suggested tire pressure that we've suggested. So that's why this is happening. And, you know, I can't really blame the teams because their job is to find an edge in some way and make that edge work for them to the point where they can get the car faster. Because especially in this world of parity that we're in right now with this next-gen car, everybody's got a lot of the similar parts and pieces here. It's razor thin what you're looking at. So the fact that they would manipulate tire pressure, of course they fucking would. Like, of course they would. That doesn't make sense to me that Goodyear would blame the teams. And, you know, it may be a decent defense, of for Goodyear to say, well, the teams are doing this. They're not listening to us. And part of me gets that. But it's the fact that Goodyear never, ever steps up to the plate and just says, hey, some of this is on us. We could have brought a, a better tire. Now, I know uh, I tweeted out like, hey, how come we haven't really, or at least it was going through my mind when I was watching this race, like, hey, how cool would it be to have some competition in the tire game um, where we got Michelin and Firestone and you know, Bridgestone and whatever, and teams could choose their tire providers or whatever. And we had our guy, Mark from Mississippi, I, you know, give him credit. He responded to me and said, it's not necessarily, you know, the tire's fault. There's a lot of other things that are going into it with the actual race car that are causing some of these problems. And, you know, that's totally understandable. I know it's not as black and white as I'm making it seem, but you can't have this. Everyone agrees with that. You can't have this. So is it the new car? Do we need to go back and re-engineer this new car already? Like, what kind of stuff are they going to be digging into the offseason to make it so that this doesn't happen again? Because I'm not blaming the teams for trying to get an edge. That is literally what they're paid to do. That's why we cheer for them. It's because some teams are better than others about getting up to that line, and this should never happen no matter what. Um, so Goodyear, they're just never accountable. And NASCAR... You know, with this car, I think they have to be held accountable. This car was, you know, reaping all the benefits early in the season, the mile and a half tracks, Vegas and Charlotte and Kansas looked so great. And something about this track, and maybe, like I said, we loop in Texas Motor Speedway with this. I don't know what you do. There, there's not a solution. But um, the fact of the matter is, how do we already announce the schedule for next season? Texas is already locked in to be another playoff race. That is unacceptable. That is the thing that I think NASCAR is dropping the ball on. Like, how do you not at least see how this car runs at this track in a non-all-star race, in a points-paying race, in one of the biggest races of the year to this point, starting this next round of playoffs, and you don't wait to see if this racetrack really deserves to be in the playoffs again? It's blasphemy. It's, it's just ridiculous that this is the case. But here we are. You know, we're going to have to deal with this again and everyone's going to be nervous next year unless they make some decent strides and they prove that NASCAR and the testing and everything like that gets better strides to where we're not concerned that this would be a, a repeat scenario. It's just my, my head is in a pretzel. I, I don't get it. There are so many smart people in this sport and the fact that this is what we're left with is just crazy. Now, buried under all of this is Tyler Reddick wins the race. And, you know, this was a, a great opportunity, theoretically, heading into the race to monitor the race, see how things were going and live bet it. But if you were live betting this one, you absolutely took a bath. And because 
I just outlined it. Three leaders blowing tires, guys blowing tires left and right. You see a guy showing speed, you're like, oh, damn, I need to get him you know, while I can. And you're putting in a live bet, and then boom, they're down. Like, why? Just insane. So this, theoretically, like I said, coming in would have been a great race to try to test out live betting. And if you did, you're probably leaving with a bad taste in your mouth. Now, Reddick, I was looking at taking him live, but I, I couldn't. How could you with everything that was happening? And then at the end, he even had a vibration. So imagine placing your live bet on whatever you got him on, knowing that this they, they were running faster than everybody else. They were pushing the limits. And then they start having a vibration with the last few laps or so. Like you were probably shitting a brick. Just crazy. And then on top of all that, we had the... By, like if, if NASCAR didn't embarrass themselves enough, we had the William Byron, Denny Hamlin situation. And it is just, I haven't heard anyone say this yet, but you know, to, to recap it for anyone who hasn't listened to this or been living under a rock, what we saw was Denny Hamlin and William Byron get into it uh, under green. Byron didn't appreciate the way that he was being raced or, you know, part of that incident. And while under caution, spun out William, excuse me, Byron spun out Denny Hamlin into the grass, causing Hamlin to lose his position on the racetrack. At the time, Hamlin and his team were screaming and crying on the radio saying, what, what's going on here? He just wrecked us under yellow. We need to get our spot back. We need to get back in line. This isn't right. This isn't fair, which I think most people would agree with, right? You can't be wrecking people under yellow. That is just a huge no-no. Boys have at it. There's a line there, and that's the line. You can't be doing that. No matter how pissed off you are, that's not right. You're ruining, especially a playoff driver, doing it to another playoff driver. That's just, you know, crazy. So you would think NASCAR would be all over that. They did not address the situation in real time. It was not talked about. And after the race, NASCAR's official said that they missed it. Now, I, no one has, as far as I've seen, you know, the talking heads and things like that, had this opinion that I have. I think that that is utter bullshit. I think that there's no way they missed it. They did see it, and they just didn't know what to do, or they couldn't act fast enough. To say that they didn't see it is a bold-faced lie. They didn't know. The reality, in my opinion, was they didn't know how to respond to it. So they figured they would just let it go, let Denny deal with the aftermath, and then they would address it later, which they did. Finally, today on Tuesday, they gave the 24 team a 25 point penalty, which now puts them below the cut line. So they did address it. But in the aftermath of the race, they said they didn't see it. Why? I don't, I simply don't believe that. It is impossible to believe. There are a bunch of different podcasts, a bunch of different radio shows breaking down the fact that the TV broadcast had the replay of it playing nonstop because it wasn't a crazy caution. I think it was Truex blowing a tire, if I remember correctly. So, how did they miss that? It was because they didn't, they've been taking so much heat recently about being inconsistent. They did not want to act poorly and instead turtled up and did nothing. That is what I believe happened. And that's embarrassing more so 
than the tire stuff. I think what happened with the William Byron Denny Hamlin thing is superseding anything as far as embarrassment level to miss that. To say you missed it, if they really did miss it, holy shit. I mean, I'm honestly not sure what's worse in, in that scenario, but it's not good. So talk about changes that need to happen. I mean, that that's even more so. So like I said, this is a, a Phil's fired up now. I may be fired up because our bets, you know, really didn't pan out all that well. All of the bets that we talked about on the podcast missed. Um, even though we had a lot of hope, we called out Blaney to win the race. He finished fourth. He had a good race that Ryan Blaney. Um, we called out Stenhouse as a super long shot for a top 10. He was leading the race at some points. He was, you know, off cycle. He was trying some things. He even got into some problems and then battled back. He had no power steering and the top 10 was a possibility. And then he had a, a tire issue, almost took out Cindric in the process. Um, so that went up in flames. We were high on Christopher Bell last week. Uh, for a number of different reasons and, you know, really thought out bets. And that didn't work out. We're heavily invested in Alex Bowman in a number of different ways. Outrights, top tens, head-to-heads. That didn't work out. And, you know, I don't know who to blame. You know, is it the tire situation? Is it NASCAR? Did I just make the wrong bets? I, I don't feel like my bets were poorly put together and placed. I think I'm just a victim here, like a lot of other people, of, this crazy part of the season. It's really been since like Daytona that we've seen craziness. So um, did lucky enough to have a, we did have a, a parlay hit on Instagram, a four leg parlay. It was about over plus 600 uh, plus like 623 or something like that. That hit. So that felt good. Kind of, you know, rounded things out for us, but for the most part, it was a, a rough weekend and I definitely wasn't alone according to some uh, folks on Twitter. So the playoff picture is crazy right now. We've got big names below the cutoff. And now with the penalty that was handed down on William Byron, now he's below the cutoff as well. Um, Chase Elliott is in a little bit of trouble. Definitely helped out by the, the penalty. He was four to the good. Now he's about 11 to the good. But the fact of the matter is, it's anybody's ball game. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Joey Logano is your points leader. And, you know, Anybody can be taking this bull by the horns at Talladega in the Roval and, and pulling themselves into the round of eight, but you could very easily put yourself out. So that's really what it comes down to, this playoff picture right now. Championship odds are something that I will never understand. Chase Elliott right now is still plus 300 to win the title. I don't get that at all. He has struggled, and he is not safe whatsoever, but yet he is still three to one to win the title. He should be at least six to one, maybe seven to one. I don't see a favorite right now that deserves anything below five to one. But yet these title shots, no matter what book you're on, are all, you know, the favorite is is really short. So I'll need to have someone explain that to me at some point in time who maybe works for some of these books because that dog just won't hunt, in my opinion. Um, for me. So, whew, man, that was a lot, a lot of ranting. I usually don't do that, but I, I think it deserved it. So let's move forward. We're going to talk about Talladega. It's, you know, the last big unknown of the season. So these teams are kind of just holding their breath and waiting to exhale Sunday night. Did they make it or did they get caught up? So four straight non-playoff drivers, have won races, and Reddick was a playoff driver. Now he is not when he won, as we all know. And this is just proving that 
parity. You know, everybody was talking about trying to achieve parity. Well, guess what? You know, you were looking for parity. Parity's here now. All right. So we're going to a track now, you know, where, quote unquote, anyone can win. These super speedway races, anybody has a chance of winning. That's why we all love them, right? Because it causes chaos. We've got names that are in the hunt that are typically not there. Well, guess what? Anyone has been winning. We've got these guys coming out of the woodwork for the most part, longer shot odds, and they're getting it done. So hard research and, you know, digging into the data, immersing yourself with, you know, the information has not really been paying off because the the sound safe bets are getting caught up in things that are really, I'd call them acts of God. So that's where we're at right now. It's really been since Daytona's rain incident, since that situation that sent the entire field thrown into the wall and Austin Dillon sneaks through, that's really where this season has kind of gone haywire because we've had playoff drivers running into problems with this new car, all these different winners. Things are just sideways right now, and it it really is shocking. So that is forcing me to look in the mirror and say, all right, I got to do something different. And that's what we're going to do. So first, though, we are going to talk about track stats. We have to start there. It's always a good foundation to lay. So at Talladega, there have been 106 cup races at this track. The winner has started from the pole 14 times. Last time it happened was Denny Hamlin in 2020. Winner starting in the top five has happened 53% of the time. And in the top 10, 70% of the time. So as we say, every time we get to these super speedways, a little surprising, even though anyone can win, still seven out of 10 times they're starting up front. Starting outside of the top 20, it's only happened eight times in the history of this racetrack in 106 races. The last time it happened was Denny Hamlin starting 34th. So a little further back, that was 2014. Now, if you're looking for a manufacturer trend, who do you think of when you're thinking of Talladega? I, for one, think of Penske, and that kind of matches up because Ford has won 11 of the last 16 races. Now, Chevy had a bit of a drought going on, but they snapped that last spring when Ross Chastain took the checkered flag. So those are you know your typical track stats for Talladega. Now, I've got a new strategy for this podcast. I like to usually call out three drivers or so, and then move to some top tens and get into some finishing position bets. But I'm, I'm going shotgun. That's what I keep calling it. I am going to be calling out, we're going to go through a bunch of quick hitters here, a bunch of drivers that are 20 to one or longer. All right. And my thought process here is I'm taking one unit. So whatever one unit is to you, if it's a hundred dollars, then I'm taking $10 of it and throwing it on these various drivers. If a unit to you is 10 bucks, then we're talking about $1 a piece. If a unit to you is a dollar, I'm talking about 10 cents and so on and so forth. It doesn't matter what you spend on a race. The fact of the matter is I'm taking one unit and I'm spreading it around amongst a bunch of different drivers. And why I'm starting at 20 to one or longer is if any of these guys hit, even though it's one tenth of a unit, I would still then earn, if it was the 20 to 1 guys, I would earn two units. So I'd be in the good. And if it's anybody longer, even better. Now, going below that, 
that really, you know, you start to play with fire. Now, the fact of the matter is we've been seeing these long shots win on racetracks that that typically doesn't happen at. So I need to get in on this, right? I need to get in on some of these longer shot guys. And at the end of the day, if this shotgun approach misses, if any of these 10 drivers that I'm calling out right now for huge value don't hit, oh, well, I'm down a unit. Who gives a shit? But I'm putting myself in the ball game here to earn, you know, a, a pretty good return if some of these hit. And uh, we'll see what happens because some of these drivers make sense to actually take as outright picks. So that's what I'm doing. And we'll talk about them. Usually I spend a lot of time talking about one driver. I'm going to just go bang, 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 bang. Try to give a reason as to why they make sense at this value and uh, go from there. Now, as far as our data set is concerned, I am looking at the last 10 races at Talladega. So we're going to be looking at average finish, things like driver rating. But at the same time, I want to look at 2022 because this new car has presented some challenges. So I am also looking at the last three super speedway races this season. That's two races at Daytona, one at Talladega. I'm not considering Atlanta. It worked out for me when we did the Daytona race because we hit Austin Dillon, which was, in fact, our last outright winner. So it was a month ago at a super speedway. We'll see if we can strike gold again. So without further ado... Let's talk about our first pick here, and it's Eric Jones. I love that Jones boy at plus 3,000 right now. Two top fives, five top 10 finishes in his last 10 starts at Talladega. His average finish is 10th in NASCAR. And if you just focus on his last five races here, these are his finishes. Sixth, ninth, 27th, second, and fifth. Really good numbers. Really good finishes here. He won Daytona. He's got that on his resume. He has the ability to win at super speedways. He was six at Daytona just a month ago. So I think that Eric Jones is really racing strong right now. So you consider all that stuff. Good history here. Won at the super speedway Daytona. Had a good finish just a month ago at Daytona, another super speedway. And he's got a good current form. That team is gaining momentum Man, 30 to 1 seems like a steal. So that's why he's part of our portfolio here at Talladega. So that Jones boy, 30 to 1. Got it. Next guy I really like is Eric Almarola at 35 to 1. Huge value for someone who has phenomenal stats. In his last 10 races, one win, four top fives, six top 10 finishes. Average finish compared to everyone in NASCAR is first at Talladega in those 10 races. 12 point zero eighth best average finish in 2022 in the three similar tracks and this is a stat that i really like last 10 percent of the race he has the second best average positions gained from 10 percent of the race left to the finish at 5.3 average spots gained really good number because that stat at a track like this is telling us that if they are in the positive in that stat category that means that they have figured out a way in their history to avoid the big one, to get the car to the finish line. He's 11th in drive rating in the last 10 races. I really like Almirola regularly, but at plus 3,500, oh my goodness, that's a, a steal. So we're, we're adding him to the group. Next guy, another big name 
Brad Kozlowski's plus 2,000. Now, he's got some pretty good numbers here. Two wins. He's only one of two guys that have multiple wins at this racetrack. So that's two wins in his last 10 races. And if you're just looking at his last three races, he's got a first, a second, and a 23rd. So, you know, can he get back on track? But uh, some more recent numbers that are legit as well. Uh, in his last 10 races, he's an eighth in average finish. That's 16.2 and third in driver rating. So that would tell you that he's been up front. He has led a lot of laps. In the past, it's been that Penske love, right? One top 10 in 2022 in the RFK car. That was at Daytona. But he has run well. He has run up front this year as well in the six car. And then you look at the surge that we have coming on from RFK with Busher winning. And then Kozlowski last week doing what he was doing, leading laps. That was unexpected. I think that this team has a lot of good momentum going on right now. And 20 to 1 value for Brad Kozlowski, a guy who has proven to be very good at this track. And the team has momentum. Lock me in, baby. I like it. Michael McDowell is the next guy we're going to add to our list here. And he's no stranger anymore. This guy used to kind of be a sleeper pick a, a few years ago. And ever since he won the Daytona 500, you'd think, all right, well, the cat's out of the bag. But plus 4,000, 40 to 1 for Michael McDowell. Are they sleeping on this guy again? What's the deal here? Two top fives, three top tens at Talladega in his last six races there. So he clearly has figured it out just like... He kind of has with Daytona. I mean, Daytona, I, I always say, he walks in there, he becomes a different guy. Well, Talladega, it's kind of the same thing. He clearly has that knack for super speedway racing. In 2022, he's got two top 10 finishes of the three races. He finished eighth in the spring race at Talladega. The thing about Michael McDowell is, at super speedways, he's a survivor. And on top of the super speedway stuff, he's just been running well. So... Lock me in at 40 to 1 at a racetrack that he absolutely could win at. That is a steal, in my opinion. So add him to the portfolio here tonight. The next guy, this is our fifth pick here. It's Austin Dillon, 2,500. And, you know, I don't understand why he is this high up in the odds board. I mean, he's just been running well. And then if you look at his, you know, one Daytona, finished second at Talladega. I mean, that's what his 2022 looks like. Really crazy. And then if you look at his last four at Talladega, he's got a second, 11th, 8th, and 12th. That's pretty damn good. Lock me in again on the fly here for a top 10 for AD at plus 100. I like that because he's right around it, especially in his last four races. Average finish in his last 10 is 9th out of everyone in NASCAR. He's a super speedway guy. I think we can call him that now. He's really been that way in his career, and he's been that way in 2022. At plus 2,500, this number is too good to resist. So lock me in, put him in there. Next, guys, now we're getting into some of these super values, and I'm going with Cole Custer. He's plus 7,500. Now, I know that that doesn't get a lot of people excited. He's raced here five times, but his driver rating in that span, that last 10 races for everyone, Custer has five starts in that time span, and his driver rating is sixth. 83.9. That is surprising. That is not something that I really expected. And the fact is, the 41 team, he's got nothing to lose right now. I mean, just go for it. 
right? Why are you even in the race if you're not just going to win? He clearly has the ability to be in the picture at this racetrack. He's got one top 10 and two top 15s in those five starts. So that's not getting great finishes, but hey, huge long shot here at 75 to one. It's worth a sprinkle, you know? So even if you don't want to put a 10th of a unit on it, maybe another lower than that, a little sprinkle. Um, He's got two DNFs, which isn't good. But like I said, a driver like this, a team like this, it's checkers or records, baby. And it's worth for doing this type of strategy with the whole unit, spreading it out. I like this 75 to one play. He had a DNF a few races back and he backed that up with a top 10 finish. And well, in the spring race, he had a DNF. So if that pattern were to continue, Custer would be in the race at the end. Now, the next guy that I'm going to take as part of this group is his teammate and his playoff teammate, Chase Briscoe, plus 3,000, 30 to 1 for a playoff guy. It's our first playoff driver that we're talking about. And to get him at this value is impressive, I think, uh, because in his last three races, he's got two top 15 starts at Talladega. He finished third in the Daytona 500 in 2022. So, you know, Chase Briscoe is just not somebody that can't get it done. I mean, third place is pretty good in the biggest race of the year. And one of the other things that you want to be talking about when we're you know, thinking of Talladega is, can he finish the race? Well, he did that twice last year in both races. Um, he was able to get the car to the finish line on the lead lap, play a factor at the end. I mean, that's really what you want. You want a chance when you take that white flag. So this is more of a strategy play because you look at it. I mean, you know, Briscoe, they're going to be probably trying to stay out of trouble. They're a playoff driver. They're seven points to the good now because of this penalty that was issued to Byron. So just mind your P's and Q's and you can be there in the end and and take a swing. He finished fifth last week. That was a really good finish to start this playoff run. So Briscoe is definitely some of the people are probably sleeping on, but 30 to one to win this one, not too shabby. So he's part of the group. Next guy, this is our seventh guy, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 40 to one. He ran well last week. Uh, he, he was in that top 10 hunt, and obviously he was a victim of NASCAR slash Goodyear, so that one didn't cash, but I loved what I saw out of that 47 car, that 47 team. He's got three top fives and four top tens in his last 10 races at Talladega. Average finish is 18.7, which is not great, but he does have a victory here in his past, uh, so there's you know something about knowing where victory lane is. I say it often. And Stenhouse, we always say when we get to these races, a lot of times the Daytona 500, right? It's like, oh, well, Stenhouse is a super speedway guy. Well, between the two, he's got much better numbers at Talladega than he does Daytona. So if he's going to get it done, man, why wouldn't it be here? Um, Had some bad finishes this season in 2022 super speedway races, but that's not to say he wasn't a part of the group. He was fighting for position in a few of these races and, you know, got caught up in the wreck. A lot of times he's wrecking. That's why we call him wrecky sometimes. But uh, 40 to 1, tough to pass up on. Two left, and we're going to go with another super long shot as our penultimate here. It's Justin Haley, 75 to 1. 2022 hasn't really been fantastic for him on the super speedways, but his best super speedway finish was 12th at Talladega. He won Daytona in the rain shortened race. That was a strategy play. And I would say that, you know, if this is a team that would be in the hunt, well, it'd have to be another strategy play as well. So Justin Haley, you know, they've got a little bit of momentum. They, they finished third last week. Gotta love that for that smaller team. 75 to one, just throwing a flyer on a guy who has won 
on a super speedway. We know that rain will be a factor in some way because of Hurricane Ian. I don't know how they're going, how it's going to impact this race. Maybe they move it, maybe they don't, or it's a rain shortened race. Who knows? But Justin Haley, you know, this number is just super long for a guy who I think has the ability to to win the race. It's just can they put all the pieces together? It's a flyer. The last guy that I'm calling out is plus 2,000, so 20 to 1. It's MTJ. I did not see myself taking him as an outright, but he's got two top 10 finishes of the three races we're at so far this year, including one top five. Third best average finish in 2022. I'm talking about Martin Truex Jr. here. I would not have thought that heading in because his stats historically at Talladega have not been good, but Something about this year, next-gen car. He's kind of hanging around in there. He finished fifth in the spring. That ties his best finish in Talladega ever. He has never once won a race at Talladega. And, you know, we know that he's going to be retiring soon. It's not going to be next year, it seems like, but it's coming. So I, I think this is a driver outside of the playoffs who can just ride free, ride loose, Try to go for that win. Checkers or wreckers, 20 to 1. He's had a good car this year on these tracks. Man, it makes a lot of sense to me to take a flyer on him. So 20 to 1, MTJ. Those are the guys that are part of my portfolio, my firm this week. And uh, from one unit, splitting it 10 different ways, shotgun approach on the heavy value drivers. And if we hit, we'll be thankful and happy, fat and happy, I guess you could say. And if we don't, so be it. We'll hopefully make some money in a couple other ways. So lock me in on these guys. I've actually already done it. So got to love it. Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I want to go fast. So now we'll come back down to earth a little bit here. And we'll talk about some finishing position bets. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you know that there's somebody that I left out a second ago. When I was splitting up my unit around 10 different drivers, there was a driver that I absolutely must bet on every single time we go to a super speedway, and it is Ty Dillon. So if you thought for one second I was going to not bet on Ty Dillon, you are out of your mind because I saved him for this section because those bets, you know, we called out outright, we're taking a swing, right? We're, We're splitting it around you know it's it's a calculated decision a lot of the times a couple of those guys were really long shots ty i i believe in a top 10 finish for ty he's plus 600 to finish in the top 10 now i am betting this for real i've already done that um this could be the last time we have a chance to bet on ty dylan in a, a super speedway race you know maybe he catches a ride or two but He's not locked in full-time next year, so it would be a lot tougher to take him on one of these part-time teams. Um, That's going to be sad. We we had a a couple years or a year off without him, and I love betting on him because the sports books disrespect him so much that the value is just punching me in the face. And there's a reason why I like it so much. His last eight starts, he has a top-five finish at Talladega, two top-tens, Six top 15 finishes out of eight. Six for eight in the top 15. That is wild. We're talking about Ty Dillon. All right. I have to remind you. 
sometimes when we get into these stats. Seven for eight, finishing in the top 20. Now, we're talking about a, a top 10 finish here to cash this bet at plus 600. But the point is, he's a, a quarter of the time, 25% of the time, he has hit that bet. And three quarters of the time, he's around it. He's sniffing it. He's giving you a chance. Very great opportunity right here at plus 600. I really think that this is legit. I mentioned how, you know, a couple of these other guys have just really figured it out. McDowell is one of these guys. Amarola seems to be a couple of these guys. I guess Austin, too, you know, to an extent, uh, has figured out how to keep the car clean. But Ty Dillon, I don't know if it's because he's used to driving lower-level equipment that he's just so paranoid about not screwing up and costing the team a bunch of money. But he's figured out how to keep it clean, and I feel like we say it every time. You know, he he's a guy who's there in the end. Right before Daytona, uh, going back to Daytona rather, in that race, right before the first you know break for rain, he got caught up in what was at that point the big one, and he was running top ten. Like he he was making a, a push to the lead before getting caught up in the chaos that unfolded there to that eventually led into the huge rain delay, Ty Dillon was a factor. I mean, and it goes by the wayside. Whenever he wrecks, you know, he's an afterthought. But when he's there, it's like, whoa, where did he come from? Well, he's got the stats to back it up. He's fifth best in average finish in the last 10 races in NASCAR, 14.5 at Talladega. Fifth. That is Ty Dillon. It's unbelievable. You know, I, there's a reason why I like betting on this guy. And I mentioned that stat earlier when we talked about Almarola, how Almarola was second in average spots gained from the last 10% of the race to the finish. Well, you know who number one is? That's this guy, Ty Dillon, 7.8 average spots gained in the last 10% of the race. That's telling you, just like we said about Almarola, he's able to avoid the problems and keep it clean and get it done. So... Hey, Daytona last month, he was riding really well and got caught up in somebody else's bullshit. But I like him top 10 at plus 600. I like him top Chevy at plus 5,000. I mean, if these other Chevy drivers get completely wiped out and we're talking about a guy who's Mr. Consistent, why couldn't he be top Chevy? And then also, of course, I'm sprinkling a little money line on him on plus 20,000. Um, of course, just a tiny bit. You know what I mean? How, how could I not? If Ty Dillon wins this race and I don't bet on him to win, like the last plausible race you could possibly bet on Ty Dillon and he goes out and wins the race, how? and I didn't bet on him, I, oh, my God. I, I wouldn't be able to come back and do this podcast next week. So, of course, I have a little bit on Ty Dillon to win, but I know that that's more of a charity uh, situation there. But I really believe in the top ten. So lock me in. Get it while you can. Ty Dillon plus 600. I'll stop saying the name Ty Dillon from this point forward. Now, somebody else, this is just a throw in Corey LaJoy plus 350 for a top 10 finish. He's proven this year that he could step up on these super speedways. He had a great race in Atlanta, which I'm not considering as part of our data set here. And, you know, he doesn't jump off the page to you as far as his stats. He's got one top 10 in eight races at this racetrack, three top 15s. So this is a, a bit of a longer shot. And, you know, I, I probably, if I was the sports books, I would have flipped the odds between the, the last guy we just talked about who's plus 600 and LaJoy who's plus 350. I, I think LaJoy should be a little bit 
longer, but I think because of his performance this year in 2022, he's kind of opened some eyes and, you know, sports books don't want to get burned, but plus 350, this is a lean right now for me. You know, I, I had him written down on my notebook and when I opened up the stats, it just, you know, wasn't jiving right off the bat, but, um, probably still would lean that way anyway, just to have something like that on your books in case we do see craziness, because why wouldn't we all goddamn year? That's what we've been seeing. So, Hey, I don't want to miss out if that were to happen. Now, I want to call out two head-to-head matchups here as part of this segment before we get into our draft here with Cousin Greg. And these are head-to-heads that I really believe in. The first one is Austin Sendrick taking on Christopher Bell. This is more about fading Christopher Bell. Last week, I was all over Christopher Bell, you know, had a championship pick on him as well. And this week... I am completely fading him. In 2022, his average finish is 30.7 on these types of tracks. At Talladega, he has five starts, one top five, and nothing else better than 17th. That is not good. Austin Sendrick on super speedways this season, he's got two top fives, a first and a third, and a 21st at Talladega. He's 3-0 versus Christopher Bell this season. He's got that Penske love, so we know that Penske's really good here. Ford is really good here. Bell, you know, he's going to be a little bit more nervous now. Rough Texas finish, and I'm just not sure how he's going to react. I think you do not want to be in this race where, you know, I, depending on how you want to spin it, right. You could say, Oh, well, it's a good thing to kind of know what you need to do. You know, you need to win. So it's go out there and get it done. But I still think that this team has not fully embraced that yet. And I don't think they can due to the points. I think they still could point themselves in depending on if other guys drop out of this race and they hang in there. I don't see bell doing that according to his stats. So lock me in Austin Cindric, the two car over the 20 Christopher bell. The last matchup or bet here that I'm going to call out for Talladega is Chase Elliott over William Byron. Another matchup of teammates here. The sportsbooks love to put these up against each other. Um, And there are some good matchups, but tough to choose. But this one is another one that stands out to me as uh, something that I'm definitely going to play. Chase Elliott has had strong numbers at Talladega. One win, three top fives, five top tens in his last 10 races here. He's sixth in average finish. His driver rating is fourth. 2022 is average finish on these racetracks. Tenth in NASCAR. So, you know, he's, he's got everything that you'd want in a head-to-head matchup, really. He's got the stats this year. He's got the stats historically at the track. Meanwhile, Byron has really struggled. Um, one top 15 this season. It happened to come at Talladega, but other than that, you know, his two Daytona finishes were not great, so not able to keep the car clean. He is going off as one of the favorites right now at 12 to 1. I don't quite understand that according to the statistics that I'm looking at. I guess because of what we're seeing recently out of Byron and they're getting their speed back and that team, but Chase, just like we talked about Cindric versus Bell, Chase is 3 and 0 this season against William Byron, and I don't see that really changing much here in this race. So uh, both of them are in positions now. Byron got that penalty. You know, you throw that on top of it, kind of ruins the the momentum that they did have. But um, both drivers are in a situation where, you know, they got to be aware of points. And I, I think Chase just kind of has that natural ability more so than Byron at this racetrack. So I like him to go 4-0 on the Ford Super Speedway. So um, it's Ty Dillon plus 600, top 10, 
plus all the other bets there, plus 5,000 top Chevy for him. Uh, LaJoy, plus 350 for a lean on a top 10. Cindric over Bell and Chase Elliott over William Byron. Those are our finishing position bets for Talladega. Let's go. If it isn't my car, show him sale. Shake and bake, buddy. Shake it. Before you bake it. Here I come. Slingshot engaged. So it's just about that time to welcome on our special guest. And this week it is a familiar face from uh, each year we've had him on at least once. So I'm happy we snagged him before the year was out. It's Cousin Greg. He's back and he's going to be testing out a, a new little game here. We're going to be playing here with a draft of the drivers to finish outright. And uh, you as the listener are a part of this. You will have a, a group of drivers left over from our draft. But Greg is the perfect person to do this with because he's always down to kind of chop it up, talk some shop. He's been a, a part of our fantasy leagues over the years. He and I uh, putting things together from scratch. So when I was coming up with something to do for Taldega, I know I wanted to do something different. He came to mind as someone that would be totally down to give this a shot. So let's hope this works out for us here and uh, we'll welcome on Greg. All right, so now I am very happy to welcome on back onto the podcast for the first time this year, but from years past, who was a familiar voice, we've got Cousin Greg joining us this week. Greg, it's been a while since I got you on here. How you doing? How are things? Good, man. Happy to be back. Apologies I haven't been back sooner. Obviously, life's been crazy. Um, Things have been good. Got a, a new kid, which has been fun. Um, he's dealing with the stomach bug right now, so I'm getting all the new parenting things occurring at the moment. So that's been fun. Got some some work tests done. So just a lot of bullshit out of the way. I'm looking forward to living life again after what seems like forever, probably four or five years of studying and bullshit. So all good things to come. Happy to be back on. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you were you're in the finance world. We don't have to get into the specifics of what you do for a living, but you've taken a lot of exams uh, and um, certifications over the last few years, and uh, you had taken those super seriously to the point where, like, we can't even hang out while you're studying, um, which was yeah, tough. I'm, I'm a nerd. Yeah, more. I think it was tougher on on me uh, than it was with you. But um, as part of that, you know, you kind of got out of the gambling game for a little bit. Not so much for football, but for for NASCAR for sure. Um, so, are you starting to dip your toe back into the water a little bit yet, or still not really? Because I mean, the new baby is definitely going to put you on the <laughs> put you on the shelf a little bit. Yeah, uh, have not dipped my toe into NASCAR this year, but so it's going to be interesting to see how this these picks pan out. Um, but I am excited, and as you kind of alluded to earlier when we were talking, Talladega is a fucking crapshoot, so anything can happen, really. So it's just, I think my lack of experience or knowledge this season is going to be okay. I think I'm going to uh, do all right here. I'm excited to to get the picks going. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think if you were going to take a year off of betting on NASCAR, this might've been the best one because it's been so chaotic um, with the new car and so many new drivers winning and just 
pure chaos last week was a shit show. Um, so for anyone who is, you know, maybe new this year to the podcast, haven't heard uh, cousin Greg come on before he is, you know, kind of responsible uh, by default, I guess, for, for getting me a little bit into NASCAR. His, his dad was a hardcore NASCAR fan in our family. Greg, you know, collected the die cast when we were little. So, um, you know, we used to pick on his dad a little bit, but uh, then growing up, we kind of always like made fun of NASCAR. And then like, I don't know, in college, just out of college, we started getting into the fantasy NASCAR and so Greg's perfect to have on this episode because we're trying something new. And we detailed in the past, Greg, you know, the lengths that we used to go to for our fantasy NASCAR. I mean, we had a league at ESPN when ESPN had fantasy NASCAR. Then we had a, another random ass site like fan tracks or something. Yeah. Uh, which page, which I tried to find. And it's, <laughs> no, it's no longer up. That's right. We had a, a Wix.com custom website that we made to put our picks up and track yeah. the stats each week. Um, we had a, a league of six guys that we <laughs> did a draft uh, and we had drivers six drivers a piece. You had to start four of them and we would calculate in an Excel spreadsheet each week, head to head matchups, you know, because it was impossible to find a, a fantasy NASCAR site that allowed you to do like a head to head matchup. Like you do fantasy football, fantasy hockey, like the other sports. Um, so we made our own and we had a Wix page out there and we did that for a few years. Did we like, we it was, did. it was not just a, a one and done thing. So that's why I say when we go to lengths, we, we really did. I, and the best part was just the draft. I mean, we used to, you know, RIP, our, our buddy Joe passed away uh, earlier this year. He was a big part of that league. And we used to go to his house really and, and get completely bombed uh, after the draft. And that was really the, the best part of the year. <laughs> those, those were yeah, the, the best nights for just the drafts, uh, which is why, again, I think it's cool when we do these one-off races or events because drafting the folks i think is the most fun as opposed to just watching what happens week to week yeah. um and yeah i think going back to the page i i think it was wix.delco nastars <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we're from that we're, was. we're from delaware county pennsylvania so delco is how it goes uh the, the name around here so the delco nastars was uh yeah that definitely was the name some way uh, in yeah. our Wix page. We'd have to dig that up. Um, and we've always been into like, just trying to come up with new ways of doing things. You were on a, a episode last year where we did a head to head DraftKings fantasy, like DFS fantasy, where we did a draft uh, late in the year. And that was actually pretty fun. So what we did there was like, if Greg drafted somebody, in a fantasy daily fantasy situation through the salaries and everything. Um, I couldn't take that guy. So we ended up having like six different drivers in our stable um, in DFS. And that was actually really fun. And when I asked Greg to come on for Talladega, that was actually my original thought process was, Hey, you know, are you cool to jump on? We can try to do that again, but thought about it a little further. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little different this time around. And 
this actually goes all the way back to, I think it was 2017. Um, Greg, myself, and another buddy of ours, Brad, went up to our Pocono house, which we will be up there this weekend, actually, Greg. That actually is a um, coincidence. But we went up for the Pocono race, and the three of us drafted the whole roster, the whole entry list. And we put in the money and the winner got the money. So we had a list of like 12 drivers a piece. Um, and, and this is also for anyone who watched the live stream that we did up in Lancaster uh, for the Daytona quote unquote night race a month ago, that was the same type of thing we did with Derek and, and Skybox and Rory and, and Chris from flag hunting and Seth, all those guys, that's what we did there. So what we're going to do is draft 10 drivers each. So Greg, I'm going to let you go first in a second here, but I want to explain to everyone why they are involved as well. So Greg and I are going to put up money, you know, head to head here. Uh, I think we said like 20, 25 bucks, something like that. And if we draft the winning driver, okay, you know, Greg's going to Venmo me money or vice versa, but there's a twist here. And that is, we're only going to take 20 drivers from the entry list. That means that there are going to be 17 guys left over. And that means that you, the listener, actually are going to receive those guys in your roster. So if you're listening to this, you're kind of cheering for Greg and I to mess up so that one of these you know, good drivers slips. Because there are going to be some good drivers that, that fall. Um, into the listener leftovers, I guess I'll call them. Um, so all you have to do to be a part of this is when I tweet out the, the link uh, to the episode this week or put it on Instagram, if you hit the like button, you are then entered into winning both of our money. So 40, 50 bucks, whatever we decide on, that would go to a random drawing. One of the people that likes our page or our tweet this week. Um, so I kind of think of it, Craig, as like the Green Bay Packers. Like the Green Bay Packers is owned by uh, just like the whole community. Well, this <laughs> roster of drivers here is going to be owned by the listeners. So you're kind of cheering for us. So uh, you're going to use Wrexham as your example. Well, anybody, Wrexham is more of a recent example. But if you're watching the show, uh, welcome to Wrexham. Same type of deal owned by the community. So. Uh, yeah, the, the podcast listeners have a chance to win our money if we screw up or if chaos unfolds at Talladega. So I hope that makes sense. Greg, did I leave anything out? Does that make sense to you? If you were someone listening, you know, do you understand the concept here that we're getting at? Yeah, crystal clear. And I think we should lock down the 50. So let's throw up 25 a piece. That way it's not wishy-washy for the fans. Um, All right. And I think it's super interesting going back to what you said earlier. We have been in so many different fantasy leagues. Like the formats, I feel like we've done it all. And this is the first time we're doing this. So I'm curious to see how it's going to pan out and how people like it. Because I think I have my opinions on how we've done things in the past. And I'm curious to see where this falls in line. Well, because there's it will so many be, different ways. Yeah. I mean, there's opportunity for us to screw up because what we've seen, Greg, you have been watching the season really, but this new car has just given life to parity. So basically anyone has had a chance to win on a normal racetrack, but Talladega being what it is, a super speedway, literally anyone can win. 
Um, so I mean, I see Daniel Suarez is in sixth place overall. Like that's insane. Cause he used to be my scrub guy that I pick last. <laughs> yeah. That he's killing it this year. I mean, I wouldn't say he's killing it, but he's on a team, a new team, uh, newer team. And, you know, he's, he's hanging around, he's in the playoff hunt. He's going to be, you know, on the bubble. So, yeah, I mean, that's the type of year it is. Ross Chastain, somebody and his teammate, other guys like that. Um, so, yeah, if, if you are new, kind of waking up at the standings, looking at them, you are going to see some names on the playoff board right now that you are not used to seeing. That's a, a funny thing to realize um, right now. So, yeah, that's the situation. We're just trying to find the winner in our draft. And if it happens to be in one of the guys that we leave over, well, the, the listener, some lucky person out there will have a chance to win 50 bucks. So why don't we get it started? Um, and we're not going to take forever talking about, you know, well, I, I love this guy for X amount of reasons. If you want to talk about the reason you take somebody, especially early on, feel free to do so, but um, I don't want to keep you all night as we're going to get through 20 drivers here. So um, and, and this also goes, I, I, you know, recorded my part earlier, Greg, but, you know, I usually talk about three guys that I like to win the race. Not so much this week. I did a shotgun approach, talk about 10 different drivers um, further down the odds list. So we're talking about a, a boatload of guys tonight um, on this podcast episode. So um, we don't want to be here all night. So I will give you the floor as the guest uh, a fan favorite from years ago, then a forgotten person in the, the full tank with Phil uh, world. Greg, you have the floor and the number one overall pick for the Talladega draft. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. Um, so I, like you said, I'm not going to go through why each guy falls where they do, but I will say my overall philosophy, usually it's like when you're putting together these rosters, right? You're not just looking for the number one guy. You used to look at value based on, um, how you think they're going to finish overall, not just first place. So that's why this is a little different and a little unique, right? Because I had to adjust the way in which I'm looking or ranking these drivers because I used to go by average finish heavily, right? I don't give a shit about average finish anymore. It's it's all or nothing. So, so the way I kind of looked at this was I looked at a few things, right? I looked at your last 10 races overall, and I looked at your last five races to try and figure out who's hot, who's not, and then I also looked at their last, you know, 10, five, two races at Talladega. So those are the, th and obviously where people rank in the playoff standings now, right? I feel like if guys are, you know, just below the cut line, you can be pushing a little harder. So those are kind of the things I'm looking at and why I'm going to, you know, order these guys where I do. So. So you're, just to, just to clarify, so you're saying, you know, you mentioned your, their last X amount of races at Talladega, but when you say the last 10, five races, you also mean in 2022, like current form. So both, right? Yeah, so both combined. Okay. Yep. So last 10, five, two races at Talladega, as well as just the last five races and the last 10 races to see who's hot. I kind of have like a momentum indicator there. As you said, I'm a finance statistics guy. So I, I, I love looking at the data. <laughs> I don't have the good feel for it. I tried to do some research on what tracks are like Dega, but unfortunately, as we talked about, there's nothing really like it. Everyone, some people say Daytona might be a good comparison, but from what I've been reading is everyone says don't fall into that trap because they're very different tracks. So well, super I, speedway in general, though. I, yeah. I look at I've I've looked at Daytona this season 
um, as a comparison, but uh, you know, okay. I guess if you really want to split hairs, yeah, it, it's a, it's the largest track in the sport. So there's that. <laughs> and the way that the, you know, the finish line is further down the, the front stretch and everything like that. Yes. It's, it's definitely different. So, so there's um, like good knowledge I'm not aware of. <laughs> well, you know, that Daytona and Talladega right. are, are super speedways. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got, again, not to hold everyone up first overall pick. Cousin Greg is going to go with the trusty Denny Hamlin. Can't go wrong. That um, makes a lot of sense. And just so everyone knows the way we're doing this, I've got an Excel spreadsheet up uh, so we don't get lost in the snake here. Um, and I'm now moving Hamlin over to Greg's roster from the list of alphabetical order uh, picks. So go ahead, Greg. Denny, my first comment, great pick. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to all the numbers that I looked at, I mean, his last five races, last 10 races, he's second overall. So that's kind of what led me to him. Plus the fact that he is pretty solid at Talladega from what I'm saying. So that's the main reason I'm going with him. All right. Well, Denny Hamlin, I don't think that's a huge surprise. I think that's what a lot of people would do. Um, I'm going to follow that up. My first round pick is going to be Joey Logano. Uh, so I'm moving him over to my roster now Logano has the most top five finishes at Talladega in the last 10 races with five so 50 percent of the time Logano is finishing the top five that is such a huge deal considering the fact that um, anything can happen to these guys on these types of tracks and Logano you know I, I think he's really putting a, a good season together to make a championship run so you know he's going to be out front you know, he's going to be leading laps. The Penske boys are going to, you know, make an impact on this race one way or the other. Um, so I would say the 22, you're going to see him out front at some point and uh, it's whether he can just stay up there. So Logano, I think, gives me a, a good fighting chance here for a first round pick. All right. I love that you picked him because I had him farther down the list. So I think wow. that's going to be, I think that's going to be a bad pick. Wow. We'll okay. see what happens. <laughs> My number two is actually going to be Ryan Blaney. Um, books have him at like 1250 average. I mean, if you look at the last five, 10 races at Talladega, he's got one win and one top five and two top tens just in the last five races. Um, so I think he's going to be the guy to watch out for this week. So I did not think you were going to be sneaky enough to grab Blaney. So I'm a little, uh, little, thrown off because I thought I was going to get I thought I was going to get both Penske boys there um, to start so good pick there by Blaney he, he's in a similar situation as Logano you know and these are guys towards the top of the odds board like you said um, for a reason so I will go with Chase Elliott um, you know he's got one win three top fives five top tens again uh, good numbers there because what you're looking for at this type of racetrack is consistency you, you need a guy who's not too volatile and not gonna have a, a ton of dnfs and you know five top tens 50 percent of the time he's going to be fighting in that spot not too shabby um so i i take a guy who knows where he is in the cut line had a rough race last week needs to kind of drive safe if that's even a thing at talladega anymore um or ever so i'll go with elliot here the number two spot all right. Um, this next one, you're going to think I'm a little bit crazy for, 
but I got a, I got a weird hunch. I'm actually going to go Tyler Reddick. Um, I don't think you're crazy. I don't I think just, you're crazy at all. Plus 1,500 he, right now. He's in the top, what, six guys to win according to DraftKings. Go ahead. I love that. Uh, I was just looking at the fact that he is so far back uh, in points. He's below the cut line. He's got to really put out. So. Well, he's out of the playoffs, though, Greg. Oh, I'm looking at – really? So NASCAR – this is an opportunity right. for me to rant real quick. If you're looking at NASCAR's website, their yeah. site sucks. Like, they need – hire me, NASCAR, as a product person for your website because that's what I do for a living, and it's horrible. It, their site, if you're looking at the playoff picture, it says below the bubble or on the bubble – and it, it doesn't like. reset. So it has the 12 to, to or 13 to 16 guys, quote unquote, below the bubble. They're actually eliminated at this point. So it's Harvick, Kyle Busch, mm. um, Reddick. You're probably looking at that right now, aren't you, Greg? I am. It's exactly yeah, it's super at. confusing. So there's actually it, the, the cut line is the eight spot. So Reddick was eliminated, unfortunately, but he won last week. So it's still not a bad pick, though, Greg, That's because right. he is, uh, I mean, I, I think Tyler Reddick is definitely going to show out a little bit. He, he's coming off of a, a big win last week at Texas. That's all right. We'll stick with him. Fuck you, NASCAR website, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's dismal. That That's for sure. Um, all right. So, I mean, did you have anything else? I interrupted you about your Reddick rant there. Did you have anything else about him yeah. specifically? Now nah, we wasted enough time on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will... Follow that up and go with, let's see who I like. I'm, I'm moving my head all around. So my mic, got to make sure my mic can uh, pick me up here. Might as well pull this center, front and center here. Um, so I'm looking at the odds board. And then I'm also looking at like my stats because the stats and the odds board are not matching up in my opinion. I've noticed um, that too. Yeah. It, it's kind of strange. Um so now we're getting to the point where like we could hear some mistakes, right? So if you're part of the listener who wants to shout out this money, um, you're kind of hoping for us to screw up here a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten trail. I'm going to go with, hmm, damn, I, I was going to say one name and I, I just completely pulled myself back. I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. Um, Sindrick being a, a rookie, he has really shown out this year and has proven that super speedways are uh, tracks that he can, you know, really perform well at. And I think it has to do with being in the Ford camp, being in the Penske camp, um, his stats this season. Uh, I think we might've talked to him, talked about him a little bit ago, but, uh, you know, Two top fives, two top tens, and three races on super speedways this year, not counting Atlanta. His average finish is 8.3. That's second best in NASCAR this season on the super speedway style track. So uh, I think Sindrick may be a reach for my third round pick, but, um, you know, he's plus 15. What is he right now to go off to win the race? Plus 1,500 to win the race. So uh, not totally outlandish. All right. I'm glad I thought you were going to steal my guy here. Let me go with my boy, Kyle Larson. Yeah, that's who I was between because Larson right now is listed at 12 to 1. And I, I, I pulled back. So go ahead. Yeah, his big, his, the big thing for me that was standing out was he seems to be on fire a little bit the last five, 10 races or so. Um, I don't know what his deal is. You could probably shed light on this, but I noticed he hasn't raced Talladega that 
frequently in the last five years or so. He's only well, got three races there. That's because he was suspended for uh, yes. dropping a word that he's not allowed to say. And that right. took him out of two races in whatever year that was, COVID year okay. 2020. So the races he was in, he does perform very well. Uh, looks like in the last two, he finished at least top five once. So that's my guy. Kyle Larson, good pick. I, I was struggling with him. Um, really, you know, didn't think that the stats spoke to that. I'm, I'm trying to find them on my stat board right now. I'm coming up. They short. don't look great, but I, I'm, I don't like to pick guys that are outside the playoff race. Yeah, I guess so you're right. That's a that good point. That changed a few of my picks on the fly here. So we'll see how this ends up. That's true. Um, well, we're going to be getting into non-playoff guys pretty quickly yeah. here. Um, all right. Good stuff. So next up, I'm going to take – let's see. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll take the favorite. And I faded this guy uh, earlier on uh, a couple drivers. Let me just double-check who it was. Yeah, I, I took Sindrick over uh, – excuse me. No, it was – I took – chase over this driver that I'm about to take, but I'm kind of covering my bases here. And it's William Byron. He's one of the guys that's a co-favorite to win. Looks like one, two, three, four, five, six drivers are 12 to one right now, top of the odds board. Um, so I'm going to take Byron, not because of any stats, uh, because the stats, as I documented in my head to head matchup against chase, he has not been good uh, this season on super speedways and really in general, at Talladega, Byron hasn't been good, but I think because of the playoff picture, he got suspended, or excuse me, he got uh, points taken away from him today, Greg. He got into an altercation with Denny Hamlin, and uh, there, the big news of today, Tuesday, was that NASCAR docked him 25 points, which now puts him below the cut line. Uh, he was comfortably up top, and now by about 17 points, now he's like eight points to the bad. Um, so Byron... You know, I, I like the fact that I have Chase over him in a head-to-head -head matchup because I think he's going to be gripping the wheel tight. But in this scenario, between us, in the fourth round, the eighth overall pick in this matchup, uh, I'm fine taking Byron because if he does strike gold, I'll, I'll cash in. All right. Um, I knew you were going to pick him. I don't know why, but <laughs> he was actually one of my next two picks. So shuffling some things around here. Um, I think I have to go with, and I don't think this is going to be a favorite, but looking at the actual the fact that he's second in points, I don't want to do it. And he, again, I don't think the stats speak to it, but like I said before, I want to stick with who's still in the run. So I'm, I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. So chest, go ahead. Yeah, it goes against what I had originally, but for whatever reason, his name's standing out to me. So Chastain, I think, is a good pick. He won Talladega in the spring. Um, so, and he's won two Cup Series races. One was on a super speedway, this track, and the other was a road course. So he wins the kind of wonky tracks. That's where he's had his success this season. He was on fire earlier in the season, and now – uh, really took a, a long, long break where he pissed a lot of people off and was kind of laying low. And now they are just like kind of 
doing all the right things so far in the playoffs to just kind of avoid trouble and be conservative. And at a track like this, if you're conservative and kind of hang the back or just kind of mind your P's and Q's, you could be there in the end. So I don't think Chastain's a bad pick at all. He kind of proved that he could do it earlier. Um, And I also just want to say, even though that we've taken every single guy in our lineups right now, except for Redick, who was a playoff guy, the funny thing about the strategy of taking guys who are still in the hunt, Greg, is that the first three races of the playoffs were all won by non-playoff drivers. That's what I was saying, like the parody situation. Like it's throwing NASCAR gambling like on a tilt. People are like totally baffled um, to, to an extent, you know. But so that's like why that. the strategy of like only taking playoff drivers isn't, you know, you don't have to. Um, you can say it's a bad strategy. I don't right. think it's a bad strategy because I'm <laughs> I'm on the same one. I'm taking all playoff guys as well. Uh, because at some point the shoe has to drop. Like these guys have to step up and win a race. Uh, so looking through right now, though, I'm trying to see guys who are still in the playoff hunt. There's one guy that I absolutely do not want. So I'm going to go outside the playoffs with this next one. I'm going to take. Oh, shit. I just spoke a little too soon. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm taking Bubba Wallace. Um, Bubba just kind of seems to come alive at these style tracks. Um, nine starts. He does have a win at Talladega. Um, two top 15. So, like, you know, really not phenomenal, but it just seems like that car or him, he's always just like kind of around in the hunt and maybe he's not getting the finishes that he deserves, but um, in any case, Bubba Wallace seems like he's somebody who, first of all, has been racing really well recently uh, in his current form. I know you were looking at, you know, most recent finishes and stuff in 2022 Um, Wallace since taking over that 45 car has been legit. So uh, I'll take him in the fifth spot. Maybe that's a misstep by me, but uh, I'm going with it. All right. Um, my next pick, I'm between two guys. I don't want to drag this out, but I think I'm going to go with. It's killing me, but. Uh, sorry, give me one second here. I'm struggling. I don't want to give you the two guys' names either because I don't want to. Tip oh, my, yeah. I'll be cap. all over them. You better not. <laughs> think we're going to go with just because it's a familiar name for me and he's my boy Austin Dillon it's a good pick we've been, we've been watching a lot of uh, life in the fast lane so, <laughs> so yeah, am I that's yeah. my experience with NASCAR this season uh, I want to I want to see him win so I'm throwing him on the roster yeah I, I think Austin's a good pick I mean in three super speedway starts this year he's got two top five finishes, a win and a second place. Um, so both, um, or one was at Daytona and the second place was at Talladega. So it doesn't matter which track it is. He's, he's figured it out. Um, so I don't hate that pick whatsoever. Um, my next pick is going to be another non-playoff guy and it's going to be Brad Kozlowski. Um, Brad, things are starting to turn around in that, 
that RFK group and he has been, you know, just having the worst year ever, but this is a track that he has been able to figure out. And maybe it's the Penske love, but this season, you know, he hasn't kind of similar to Wallace. He hasn't gotten the finishes that he deserves, but uh, he has been a factor in all of these super speedway races. So I think now with this momentum that the six team has, I mean, they were leading last week at Texas, like a, a mile and a half. Who would have thought that? Um, and Busher winning the week previous. Things are, are just kind of turning around for that camp. So I'm going to go with Kozlowski here with a veteran who has a lot of good stats at this racetrack. Um, you know, two two wins, three top fives in his last 10 races. That's pretty solid. So lock me in. All right. Uh, next one. I think the, the historical stats don't lead to him being a good pick, but he seems to be a little bit on fire when it comes to my rankings for guys that are left over. And that's going to be Christopher Bell. So Christopher Bell is someone who I'm fading. I knew that I was going to, you know, allow you to take him uh, because I don't think he would have, he would have dropped outside of the top 20. So, and I knew that I wasn't taking him. Um, I was so high on bell last week. Uh, I have him to win the championship uh, for a number. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, he's just so bad at these, these super speedways. Um, So I actually have Sindrick versus him in a matchup. Um, so I, I knew you were going to take it. I, we were going to have to talk about it at some point, but he, he has been on fire round one in the playoffs. You're right. I mean, he's been, he's been great. All right. So my turn looking through the list here and looking through stats, I, I think one, it, go ahead. There's one guy on the list that I'm, I want badly but i don't want him this early and i'm hoping you don't steal that's the thing now because there are guys that i want and it's just not it's too soon um so at what point do we like pull the trigger on some of these guys who are are further down the list um pulling up the odds board just a cross reference here uh man yeah so now we're getting into these like further down the, the track and Earlier, I had called out any, you know, a group of 10 drivers who were plus 2000 or, or longer. Um, that was my strategy this week, the shotgun approach. So we're starting to get into that, that range here. So this is the, let's see, this is going to be the seventh pick for me, seventh round right now. And you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm going to go with Almarola. Um, he, you know, I, I talked about him earlier, I, plus 3,500 to win the race. He is someone who has proven he is a factor. One win, four top fives, six top tens, um, tied for the most top tens in the 10-race span here. He's got the best average finish um, out of everyone. So in that time span, give me Almarola to you know, be my seventh-round pick. Is that the guy that you were thinking of, Greg, or is your guy still on the board? My guy's still on the board, and I God might wait. Damn. I might wait one more. Oh, round. you're playing with fire. I know. Um, because he, I don't think he stands out to you. So, do I let him go one more round and go with who is probably a safer bet, or do I say, you know what? Nope, I was gonna, we're gonna do it. We're pulling the trigger, Mr. Eric Jones. So, oh shit, good pick. He, he is next in line on my two momentum indicators that I have. 
Um, and he's also, if you look at his last five races, he's ranked third of all drivers. Uh, he's got two top fives, four top tens in the last five races, average finish 9.8, which is, I think top, I think that's like number two among all drivers. Um, number one, the only person who beats him is Kaz Gralla, who only has one race. And my God, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. He was a minor league guy. Yeah. So essentially Eric Jones in the last five races has the best average finish at this track. So we're going it, Mr. Jones. Good pick. I mean, you would be, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be talking a lot of gambling this weekend when we're up the mountains uh, golfing and, you know, Jones at plus 3000, isn't a, a bad pick to throw uh, a couple bucks on. Who's the up against head to head? uh let's see that's i mean i want that's something i want to take yeah that's a good question i hope they have somebody against them but sometimes these guys who are further down the odds board they don't give us a head-to-head matchup against so i'm pulling up the odds board now and i am not seeing him in a head-to-head matchup this is just DraftKings though so uh i will keep you updated though greg if i see this weekend you know um his name on on anything there it's funny because some of the other guys down the list are in a head-to-head matchup but he is not but uh, yeah, he, he's a good pick. I, I probably should have taken Jones over Wallace, honestly, but um, we'll see because he's that value type guy. So uh, good pick in the eighth round. Damn good pick. All right. That brings me back from Christopher Bell a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, watch. I mean, Bell's going to go out and win the race because when I talk shit, they, they prove me wrong. Um, all right. So I guess, man getting down to the nitty gritty now there are still some big names left here i'm gonna do it i'm gonna bite the bullet here i didn't think i was going to but in the eighth round kevin harvick not harvick kyle bush um kyle bush historically not great at talladega but this season there is one driver on the three super speedway races, both Daytona and one Talladega race. Um, again, I'm not including Atlanta in these numbers. One driver has three top tens in three races and it's Kyle Busch. Now the thing about Kyle is he's out of the 18 car. Um, and clearly has shown he doesn't give a shit. So that scares me, but in the eighth round, wild I'll take man. Kyle Busch he, 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 who I'm a wild man or he is. He is. I feel oh. like you could almost consider him the king of crash, man. He's all or nothing. So guess when you're playing for first or last. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I'm glad I took him because of that all or nothing. It's a good point. I mean, I, though- I was shocked to see how well he has done. He's got the best average finish on super speedways this year at 6.3. That's surprising to me. So um, he finished third in the, in the spring. He, it looks he like. did. He did. So he's given me a shot. It seems like I just need his, emotions to stay intact but um it's easier said than done all right so for this next pick kind of tipped my hat already even though he's been from what i can tell kind of garbage recently um now that i'm looking at it i don't even think i want kevin harvick he has fallen from grace I, I think I'm going to go Alex Bowman. 
Okay. He, he was, I was, I was flirting with that idea. So um, I don't hate it. He, he's in the playoffs and, you know, that kind of fits your map, your model here. Anything on Bowman or. No, I don't even know why I picked him quite frankly, because there's a name I just overlooked that I really want. <laughs> oh, really? So Bowman was just, he's on my, on the list here. With but, that name, so this is the ninth round. So you only have one pick left. So if I don't get it, the name that you want, it'll be all yours. But I think I probably know who it is. And it do too. would it be MTJ? Nope. Oh, fuck. Okay. Let's um, go. We'll he's, take, a, he's what? He looks like he's a loser this year. What's his deal? Yeah, he hasn't won this year um he missed the playoffs and uh so i'm taking two guys here back to back that are no longer in the playoffs or didn't make it in kyle bush and martin truex jr but both guys have done well at super speedways this season so um truex historically not great at talladega but um you know there there's reason to be encouraged with a, a top five this year um, which was at Talladega. He finished fifth and an eighth uh, a few weeks back at Daytona. So MTJ is who I'm going to take him. He's going off at 20 to one. So uh, yeah, now I'm anxious to hear who the guy that you wanted was over him. And this is your last pick. So this is to round out your, your roster of 10 guys. So my, lineups are going to like what I had pre-planned is going to scream Chris, I don't even know how to say his last name, Busher. Busher. However, based on what I said earlier and the fact that I feel like this guy is always just my last scrub pick, <laughs> I got to take Daniel Suarez. Yeah. I mean, it. he has always been your your bottom of the barrel guy but he's he was always consistent man he always gave me those 10 points or so that i needed just to beat you well he's got one top 20 on the super speedways yeah. this season so. i know can we uh tell the fans who went three for four three seasons out of the first four seasons we did fantasy who came in first and and that's why like so let me, let, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm going to move him over to your board. That's why I'll I wish we still had our whips page. To I'll, <laughs> I'll finish this off here in a second. Um, so I will go with Michael McDowell to, to round us out here um, and, and take him away from the fans or from the listeners uh, leftovers here. He was on the next in my list for the momentum indicator. So yeah. technically I should have taken him over Suarez, but. So we'll, we'll recap these in a second, but you make a good point. So Greg did dominate our fantasy leagues, like when we did them. And it, it was crazy, like whether it was the points, you know, for the season or the, the head-to-head matchups or whatever the case, like Greg just somehow found a way to just be better than everybody. And it was just like the way that you've been talking tonight, like kind of nonchalant, like, you know, acting like you don't really know much and don't really give a shit, but then all of a sudden like coming out with like good picks and, 
you know, whatnot. Um, and you are like that about like a lot of things. Like we could play like Madden or like, you know, NHL and you haven't played NHL in like five years and you'll beat me like 11 to one. Like, just like, that's just your personality. So we know that, you know, anyone listening, he's not, Greg is not our NASCAR data analyst, but uh, he, he's no Ryan Stevens who we had on a few weeks ago, but um he is someone who has had success with uh, fantasy NASCAR and uh, this type of fun, you know, random stuff. So I'll, I will give you that. And if we ever do find the Wix page, we'll, uh, we'll have oh, to I've see. Looked. It's been it's hard to find. Yeah, they, they probably scrubbed it. So um, the thing is going against what you're saying, right? Anytime it's a straight bet, I feel like I don't have luck on my side. But when it comes to fantasy, like even fantasy hockey, somehow I find a way to the top. So we'll hope that this, leans that direction yeah that's right we have our fantasy hockey draft coming up in a, a week greg's involved in that recently joined the league and won his first time playing so it's just like something about it it's crazy um so let's recap these rosters here i'll, I'll run down greg's roster or, or i'll let greg you do that and then uh i'll go through mine and then we will tell you the listener who you have as part of the listener leftovers and uh, we'll recap how you can win that money if any of those guys find victory lane. So, um, Greg, you can see the screen, correct? You want to read us your roster? Yep. I got Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell, Eric Jones, Alex Bowman, and Daniel Suarez, last but not least. All right, so... My roster consists of Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Austin Sendrick, William Byron, Bubba Wallace, Brad Keselowski, Eric Amarola, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Michael McDowell. So, in alphabetical order, the listeners, the leftovers, if any of these guys win, we're going to go in to see who liked the, the tweet and the Instagram post. We'll throw everybody's name in a hat. And whoever we pull out will win 50 bucks Venmoed to you. Um, the drivers that you have, there are some shitties, but some uh, some shit boxes, as we say. And there are some pretty big names in here. So alphabetic order, BJ McLeod, Chase Briscoe, playoff driver, Chris Busher, Cody Ware, Cole Custer, Corey LaJoy, Daniel Hemrick, Harrison Burton, JJ Yaley, Justin Haley, Kevin Harvick. Landon Castle, Noah Gregson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Todd Gillen, Ty Dillon, and Ty Gibbs. There are definitely some people who could uh, win this one for the listeners. That is for sure. So um, there they are. And I will say this. You might not remember this, Greg, but when we did this up the mountains, uh, I made a trade after the draft. And it wasn't with you. I think it was with Brad, but I traded Matt Kenseth for Ryan Blaney and Blaney ended up winning the race. And I will never forget that. Like, so what I'll say is if we want to make some trades, my door is open. If anyone out there, you know, from the listener standpoint wants to offer myself or Greg a trade, send us a tweet. Um, I'll, I'll relay anything to Greg if uh, Greg wants to accept it. But, you know, it's got to be sweet. Listeners have a little bit more guys to play with here with 17 drivers. So they can offer kind of a package deal, but um, the, you know, my door is open. I don't know about you, Greg, you open to some trades. If uh, anybody presents anything sweet. Absolutely. 
Devil hates a coward. There you go. Devil hates a coward. So uh, yeah, if anyone wants to take the reins, but uh, you ain't getting Blaney. Not this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be able to pry him from you this time around. But hey, a trade could work out if the the right opportunity comes around. So the last thing I want to say to you, Greg, we're going up the mountains this weekend. We're going to play some golf. I plan on getting absolutely obliterated. Um, now I have been taking some heat because when I was up at Lancaster for the, the live stream event, um, one of the nights we, you know, we were drinking at the bar and we went out back and we did some shotguns out, uh, oh, the man. truck. Yeah. Your forte. So, yeah. <laughs> I just need you to, to say on record, because what I was trying to tell the guys as we were walking to the truck to take the shotgun, I am not a, a, a sprinter in terms of drinking, but I am a marathon runner. I do not chug fast, but I can drink pretty much anything and last until 5 a.m. Like, am, am I wrong? Please back me up. Put it out there in the ether so someone can can hear this and, you know, not think that I'm bullshitting. I'd love to shit talk you here, but unfortunately I can't. Yeah, I, I would say uh, the only times our nights have ended because of you is because you fall asleep beer and, and PlayStation controller in hand. There has never been a quit from you. Um, That's right. No quit. You chug like an absolute pussy, yes. but you can drink. I'm and, a marathon runner. And your super superhuman ability is to not be hungover. I don't know if you've talked about that enough, but it's uncanny. Your ability to go to bed at 3 a.m. and be up at 6 with Coop for the kids and be totally fine. That I, I will always forever be jealous of. <laughs> it's starting to wane a little bit, but it is still there. And, and I appreciate that. Now, I need to you know, get my game up because apparently – people uh you know weigh your worth in shotgun ability so maybe this weekend if i uh you know or am i'm if i'm after it we'll record something I'll, I'll post that out there for anyone who gives a shit but uh i'll, I'll work on it i'll have you guys you know feeding me beer so unless it's um, on the golf course shotguns are unnecessary <laughs> yeah well, we'll be beer die we'll be well yeah we'll play some beer die but um we'll be on the golf course too so we'll, we'll see uh, if we Eagle or birdie, that's a shotgun required. So um, in our eyes, well, I needed to get that out there because it's been weighing on me. I tried to warn the guys, hey, I'm not a shotgun drink. You know, I'm not able to chug, but I'll hang till 5 a.m. And uh, and then I just got roasted online. So it um, <laughs> wasn't pretty. Um, all right. Well, that's the draft for Talladega, Greg. I appreciate it. We had a delay tonight in recording. Um, so I appreciate you hanging with me. Um, because of that and uh yeah we'll see how this turns out we'll have some fun and um see how the listeners do with their roster as well so awesome thanks for having me phil i appreciate it well that's going to do it for another episode of the full tank with phil podcast thank you so much for listening and thanks again to cousin greg for coming on and doing the talladega draft this week it should be fun to see how that breaks down so let's get some bets won here at Talladega, line our pockets for the next week, Charlotte Roval. We've got a great guest upcoming, Speedway Steve. Phil and Steve coming on next week for that. So uh, mark your calendars. It should be a good one. Drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for the road. Hell no.
Goodbye. 